Thank you, Vincent, for doing that. All right, if you will turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 20. Acts, chapter 20. We're going to break up the last portion of Acts 20 into two sermons. Um, a ministry of faithfulness, part one and part two. Acts 20, we're going to begin in verse 17. Ministry of Faithfulness, part 1. Acts 20, verse 17. If you're there, say word. word. See, that sounds better. All right, stand with me in the honor of the reading of God's Word. We'll read verses 17 through 27. Now from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How did I not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house? testifying both to Jews and to, and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Let's pray. Father God, we are thankful for your word. We are thankful for Paul and his ministry and how we can glean from his example in this text. So, Lord, open up our eyes to behold the promises you have for us and the exhortations you have for us. We ask this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So this past year, my family... My, my, my wife and I have decided to do something that we've never done before, and that is homeschool our kids. Um, we've started homeschooling Jaden this year, uh, and, and, and as of right now, I am loving it um, because I'm able to teach him uh, through a curriculum and through a, a local tutoring school that we were partnered with, I'm able to teach him church history, all right? And so we are reading this book called Trial and Triumph, and we started this this past week. And in the book, we first started reading about Polycarp. And Polycarp is amazing. His story is phenomenal. Um, traditionally, um, Polycarp was considered um, a, a disciple of the Apostle John. Um, and he was more than likely traditionally set up as the bishop of, of Smyrna by some of the original apostles out of Scripture. All right? um, Polycarp lived between the first and second century um, of, of, the, of the church. And Polycarp lived to be 86 years old. And 
there was there was one thing that that that, that ended his life, and that was his martyrdom. They killed him because he was a believer. And let me let me tell you about that. Um, Polycarp, at the age of eighty six, was arrested, and he had taught Jesus. He had taught taught the church. He had he had helped um, exhort scripture, and and, and and he was arrested and brought before Roman officials. And was told that he must recant his beliefs, that, that, that he must deny Christ, and that he must look to Caesar. And he couldn't. He couldn't. Polycarp says this. This is what he told the Roman official. He said, 86 years I have served him, Jesus, and he has done me no wrong. How then can I blaspheme my king who saved me? The officer looks at, at him with a smirk and says, Unless you change your mind, I will have you burnt. They're going to light a fire around him and burn him at a stake. 86-year-old man. This man looks at the official and says, Listen, he says this, You threaten a fire that burns for an hour and after a while is, quen- is quenched. For you are ignorant of the judgment to come and of everlasting punishment reserved for the ungodly. Do what you wish. And after Polycarp prays, they light the fire and he dies. Burns at the stake because he believed in Jesus and could not, could not deny him. What's interesting is this is happening today. This isn't just church history. If you've seen the news, you've seen what's happening in Afghanistan. Right now in Afghanistan, not only are women and children being ripped from their families and forced into Islamic marriage, but the Christian church is being persecuted. Pastors are hiding because they know where they are and know who they are and they're looking for them. Churches are hiding. But here's the thing churches are still doing. Churches are still gathering. Churches are still worshiping, knowing that if they're caught, they will die. They will die. Church, we are called to be faithful. And we see this in the text of Acts 20. That's the title of my message, A Ministry of Faithfulness. And we're going to see Paul speaking to the Ephesian elders about his example of faithfulness. He's using himself as an example here. And next week, we're going to look at the last portion of Acts 20 at Paul's encouragement to be faithful. But here, he is using his example of faithfulness. And this is not just a message for pastors and elders, even though it says to the elders, this is what Paul is saying. This is a message for all believers. It's for the entire church. In fact, uh, I believe my commentary stated that this is the only sermon that Paul, or, or the only message that Paul proclaimed that was directly to the church and not just to lost people. So he is, he's talking to the church here in the book of Acts. And this is what he's telling the elders. And, and, and let me, let me encourage you with this. Now I want you to hear me say this. We're looking at elders here. Elders are pastors. 
All right. Elders, pastors, overseers. I am an elder. That is that is what this is. And he's he's talking to the plurality of elders over the Ephesian church. Church history shows us that the local church was led by a plurality of elders slash pastors who would lead them and teach them God's word and would do the work of ministry. You see, Paul did not call the deacons. He did not call the deacons. Because there's this mentality nowadays that it's deacons and then pastors. Deacons tell the pastor what to do and then the pastor leads. Biblically, that's not how this goes. The pastors lead the church. The elders lead the church. The deacons assist in serving the pastor in leading the church. You see what I'm saying? So as I'm prefacing that, I want you to see Paul's talking to the leaders of the church here. He's talking to the elders, the pastors of the Ephesian church. And this is what Paul's telling us. This is the main idea that I want to get across to you this morning. It is this. Believers in Christ are called to be faithful to Christ and his mission. That's simple. We are called to be faithful to Christ and his mission. We are called to be faithful to the church. We're called to be faithful to the great commission that Christ has given us to make disciples who make disciples. We are called to be faithful to the word that God has revealed to us. We are called to be faithful to the one who has saved us, just as Polycarp was for all 86 years. Of, well, not all 86 years, because there was a time where he was, he, he was lost, but even up until he was 86. Faithful to Christ. And that's what we are called to be, and that's what Paul is telling the Ephesian elders about himself. I've been faithful. And he's using himself as an example to teach the Ephesian elders of how to be faithful. So how can we as believers, and again, this isn't just for pastors and elders. This is for all believers. We need to all look at the example of Paul. Just as, and it's, it, makes, it, it makes it hard for me to say, I am to be an example to you. And I'm not the best example most days. But just as Paul, Paul says, imitate me because I imitate Christ. We are called, we are all called to be examples of faithfulness. Believers, we are. So believers in Christ are called to be faithful to Christ and to his mission. So let's break this down. I got three points for you this morning. Typical Baptist sermon. I got three points for you. Number one, we are called to be faithful to the people of God. Faithful to the people of God. Verse 18, and when they came to him, when the, when the Ephesian elders came to Paul... Paul said to them, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia. You yourselves know my life. You know my example. You know how I've lived in front of you, how I served you and loved you. You know who I am. And he's telling them that I have been faithful to the people that God has entrusted me to. 1 Thessalonians 2, 7 through 8, Paul says, But we were gentle among you like a nursing mother, taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also, also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. Church, when we as believers are called to be faithful to each other, 
to the people of God, to the church here. That means that we are called to, 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 to even share ourselves, our own lives with each other. We're called to open up the doors of our homes to each other. We are called to love each other. We are called to help each other. We, we are all in this together. High school musical, right? We all are serving together for the same purpose and mission. And that's one thing that I've loved about, about seeing the persecution of the Afghanistan church right now. Is you don't see them scattering all by themselves and they're alone. They're in this together as a church, as a people. We are called to be faithful to the people of God. We are called to love one another just as Christ has loved us. We are called to serve one another. We are called to be willing to pick up the towel and wash each other's feet. And so are we, as a church, as a body of believers, are we willing to serve and love each other? Because I'll tell you one thing I've noticed in COVID, and I'm not talking about in Red Cross Baptist Church, I'm talking about throughout all churches, is we become so isolated to the point to where we're so isolated, we don't even want to help other people and love other people and serve other people. Church, we are called to be faithful to each other, to the people of God. First Thessalonians 1.5, Paul says, Because our gospel came to you, not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. Paul's, Paul's example among the people that he has served has helped the people see who Jesus is. Did you know that I can tell how much you love your wife? Or I'm sorry, how much you love Jesus by how you love your wife? I can tell you how much you love Jesus by how you work at your job. I can tell how you love Jesus by how you live your life. And we can all see it among each other when we do life together. That's what we're called to do. A ministry of faithfulness is doing life together. It's not just coming together for one hour on Sunday mornings to hear the word preached. It is is being a part of a Sunday school life group. It is being a part of a a discipleship class or a Bible study. It is is being a part of a a discipleship group where people are, or somebody is discipling you. We're called to do life together, to be together. And Paul is showing us that, that he is the example for that. Because he, as the one who brought the gospel to Ephesus, has come in to the people, lived among them. He was, he was with them, I think, for around three years. Lived among them. Doing life with them. He knew the older people. He knew the younger people. And he helped provide some unity between both of them. We are called to be faithful to the people of God. 
Why? Because we are united under the blood of Jesus Christ. We're not united because we just want to be Baptist. Because it sounds cool. We're not united because we preach from the ESV. Because not everybody uses the ESV in this church. We're not united because we all live in this area. We come together on Sunday mornings because we're united under the blood of Jesus Christ and we should not let any type of division come in between us because we are called to be faithful to the people of God. If we, want, if we at Red Cross want to have a ministry of faithfulness, at first, well, it needs to come amongst each other as we're faithful to each other. But that's not the first thing that we're to be faithful to. So not only is Paul showing us that, that we are to be faithful to the people of God, point number two, he's showing us that we are to be faithful in the pursuit of God. In the pursuit of God. He's, again, he's talking to the elders here, and, and he says, as he lived among them, that he served the Lord with all humility, verse, verse 19, served the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to him through the plots of the Jews. Now jump down to verse 22. He, he says this too. He says, and now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. We are called to be faithful in the pursuit of God. Now, I was talking to Jaden, I think, was it Friday, buddy? That we read about Polycarp, and we were walking through persecution, and, and as a believer, what do we do if somebody says, hey, you know, do you believe in Jesus? If you're a believer, Jaden, what do you say? Jaden's like, well, yeah, I'm a believer. All right, great. Now, what if they say, if you're a believer in Jesus, I'm going to kill you, what do you say? Now, having this conversation with a six-year-old was crazy. And he's like, um, I'm not a believer. <laughs> and it's like, uh, it's like, okay. So let's talk, let's talk about this. But you see, Paul here, Paul is faithful in his pursuit of God because even in his pursuit of God's will for his life, it's putting him in danger. And he knows it. He knows that going to the next city is going to bring imprisonment. It's going to bring persecution. And he knows that every city that he has gone to, the Spirit has told him, you're going to be persecuted here. You're going to suffer. And yet Paul is still saying that we as believers, despite suffering, despite persecution... Despite what the government says, despite what people say, despite how hateful people can be to you, we are to be faithful to the pursuit of God. Why? We see here that Paul has served God by obeying God and doing what God has called him to do. This past Sunday night, we ordained Robert Leto to be uh, uh, an ordained minister, a pastor, a reverend, if you want to say. And one of the things that I told him is um, that if you can do anything else than ministry, if there's anything else you can do, don't do it. I mean, don't do ministry. Do that. If there's anything else you can do, 
But if you know that there is nothing else that you want to do except ministry, there's no greater desire you have, do ministry. Because ministry is hard, guys. Ministry is hard. You are, you are going to be judged differently by how you teach and preach and pastor. You are going to be ridiculed and criticized because you make a stand on the Word of God. And you're even going to be criticized by the people inside your own church who you love dearly. Ministry's hard. But church, let me tell you, being a believer in this world, being a believer is hard. Standing firm on what the scripture teaches us about things that the culture is approving of. I mean, we're, we're looking at doing walk for life next month, but yet the culture sees abortion as health care when the Bible sees abortion as murder. We live in a world that celebrates homosexuality, transgenderism, all these things, but yet we stand on a word that says we should not celebrate these things, we should abhor these things, and we should love these people and share the gospel with them. And people are going to hate you for what you believe in. They are. They hate Paul. I mean, man, this dude walks into a city, starts preaching the gospel, and then they stone him. And they think he's dead. They leave him there. And he jumps up, dusts his shoulders off, and is like, I'm coming back. I mean, he's faithful, knowing that he doesn't know what tomorrow holds, knowing that he doesn't know what type of persecution is coming, but he's faithful because he trusts in the one who is leading him, who has called him, and who has saved him. He's faithful. Verse, verse 19, he says, I have served the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. I've served with humility and with tears. Trials come. They're going to come. You're going to deal with it. You're going to have a trial sometime soon if you're not dealing with it now. But we are still called to be faithful to the pursuit of God. And I love what Paul says here. In this, this verse, this verse, um, I want to do something with this verse. I don't know what yet. But this has probably become my most favorite verse out of the entire Bible now. Because just for, just for me personally, for, 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 for pastoring a church, for being in ministry, for recognizing the hardship of it, verse 24. It's just amazing. Paul says, but I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And we know, believers, we know that Paul does finish the course. He tells Timothy, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. 
may we be faithful like Paul to finish the course, to recognize that we are of no value nor precious to ourselves, but that we are to be faithful in the pursuit of God. Philippians 1.21, Paul says, For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. To live is Christ. To live is to glorify Him in my body, in my words, in my actions, in my lifestyle, in how I love my family, in how I lead my family, in how I serve my church, in how I work my job. To live is Christ. To glorify Christ in all things. But to die is gain. Because I am now going to be with my Savior. We are called to be faithful in the pursuit of God. Verse 24 shows us that He treasures Jesus more than anything. He treasures Jesus more than His own life. We were at the Baptist Convention this past summer. And I I told you about this, but one of the greatest things that I loved about it was the International Mission Board and the North American Mission Board send-off for sending missionaries out. And there was a time where you could not see their faces or know their names. They would stand behind this screen. It's a white screen, and they would shine a light behind them to where you only saw the shadow of their silhouette. That's all you saw. But you would hear them talk to us. And the thing is, is they were going to a hostile territory where they cannot let it be known where they're going or what they're doing. It was invigorating. It was exciting to see that. Like these people are putting their lives at risk doing this. Why? Because they are faithful to the pursuit of God. If we want to be a ministry of faithfulness, we need to recognize that we are called to be faithful no matter how hard things may get, no matter how dark this world may be. We are called to be faithful no matter how tiresome we may feel or how fearful things may get. We are called to be faithful to the pursuit of God. Not only are we called to be faithful in the pursuit of God in a ministry of faithfulness. Number three, we are called to be faithful to the preaching of the Word of God. A ministry of faithfulness has a faithfulness in the pursuit of God, a faithfulness to the people of God, and a faithfulness to the preaching of the Word of God. Look at verse 20 and 21. He tells the elders, he says, How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Then verse 26, go down a few verses. He he says, Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Church, we are called to be faithful to the preaching of the word of God. We live in a culture where there are so many different views of what the preaching of the Word of God is supposed to be. You'll see some churches that'll do five ways to love your wife better or ten steps to a better you. 
there are churches that will sometimes almost preach moralism and legalism and not even touch the Word of God. They instead will only use Scripture as illustrations, but illustrations as gospel. But Paul here in Acts 20 is telling us, in verse 20, he says, How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable, and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of what? Of how to love your wife better? Ten steps to creating a vision for your church? Of how to build attendance? No. Testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes down again in verse 27 where he talks about declaring the whole counsel of God. Why do we go verse by verse in books of the Bible? Why is it that we want to walk through Scripture? Why is it that we want to touch every verse? Because we want to declare the whole counsel of God to you. We want to touch the easy passages and the most difficult passages. And there have been Sundays when I've come up here and I've been nervous because it's a difficult passage. Church, we are called to declare the whole counsel of God. We are called to declare and implore and exhort the repentance of our sin and faith in Jesus Christ. If you have ever visited a church or if for some reason you leave this place, maybe because you get tired of me or maybe you move and you go and visit other churches to find somewhere else to visit, if they are not preaching a repentance of sin and a faith in Jesus Christ, find a different church. Find a different church. Because we need to preach repentance. Because we're sinners. And we sin daily. We are called to repent daily. And if we don't care enough about you and your holiness, we don't care about you. There have been times when, when, when I have preached a text and I've been nervous. Am I going to hurt somebody's feelings? Is, is somebody going to think that I'm calling them out specifically? That's another reason why I like going verse by verse. Sometimes it just happens. It's, that was just the next text, man. Church, we are called to call you to repentance because we love you. And we need to be willing to die to ourselves knowing that it might hurt you when we say you need to repent of your sin. Paul is faithful to the preaching of the Word of God. He's faithful to the preaching of the whole counsel of God. We want, I want you to know as much as you can know about who God is through the reading and preaching of Scripture. I want you to see the wonders of who God is. I want you to be amazed at who God is. And the only way we can do that is by looking at the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 15, 3-5, Paul says, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, 
that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried and that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. He considers that of first importance. The gospel of first importance. So may we be faithful to the preaching of the Word of God. As I was reading R.C. Sproul's commentary on this, on this text, I love what he did at his church, and I may even consider doing it here. I don't know. Um, R.C. Sproul wrote a list of qualifications for the next preaching pastor slash elder at his church. Because he knew one day he was he was going to die and they were going to need to bring in a new guy or one day he may leave or something may happen. But he at least wanted his church to be equipped and prepared to call the next guy. Because a lot of times we can have opinions of who we want. But biblically, there are biblical qualifications of who we need as pastors and preachers. So may we be ever faithful to the preaching of the Word of God. May this church be ever faithful to the preaching of the Word of God. We are 77 years old now, I believe, this church is. 77 years old. And we are only still standing here because of the preaching of the Word of God. And may we ever be standing here because of the preaching of the Word of God. So we are called as faithful believers to be faithful to the people of God, to be faithful in our pursuit of God, and to be faithful to the preaching of the Word of God. So let me ask you, church, how is your faithfulness? Because we fail daily. We're not going to be faithful every day. We're not. Can, can we be gracious in just saying that? You're going to mess up. In fact, you probably are... You probably came here this morning and just felt kind of cruddy. You're just kind of wondering, why am I here? I don't want to be here. We are not always faithful. But one of the reasons why Paul is faithful is because of who his faith is in. His faith is in the one who was faithful for him, who died for his sins. His faith was in the one who was faithful enough to suffer. In fact, the way Paul is speaking to the elders was very similar to the way Jesus was speaking to his disciples about his time of departure. Paul told these elders, you will not see me again. I will, I will die before you see me again. So may we be faithful. But understand that our faithfulness is not found in works. It's found in the one who has accomplished all things for us. And may you find that grace there at the cross. Where Jesus would, will give us the grace, the strength, the, the drive, the desire to be faithful to the people of God. To be faithful to the pursuit of God and to be faithful to the preaching of the word of God. And may this ministry here at Red Cross forever be faithful to that. Let's pray. Father God, you are so good, and we thank you for your word. Lord, help us as a church to be faithful. Help us as a church in, in the midst of a world of criticism and even per persecution, Lord, to be faithful to your word and to the gospel that, that you have saved us by. Help us to be faithful in our obedience. Help us to be faithful in our holiness. 
Help us to be faithful, Lord, as we seek to be united under the blood of Christ here at this church. Help us to be faithful to each other by loving and serving each other, by by opening up our lives to each other, God. And help us, Lord, to be faithful in our pursuit of you and your will for our lives. That wherever you call us, whatever you call us to do, Lord, help us, God, to be faithful to it. Knowing that there may be, that there will be trials. Knowing that there may be persecution. Knowing that even there may be death. So God, help us to be faithful to whatever you have called us to. And Lord, help us also to be faithful to the preaching and the proclamation of this word that you have given us. And help us to stand firm on it. We know, Lord, that we can only do this through the grace that you give us. We can only do this because you have accomplished all things, that you can give us the strength, the desire, the drive. Because our faithfulness is not found in our obedience, but is found in everything that you've done for us. And so, Lord, help us to be faithful to you. We ask this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen.